In the interest of community service, Power 88 presents live talk shows to inform, enlighten, and to stimulate thought and dialogue. The views expressed on this program are not necessarily those of the staff and management of KCEP or the EOB. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy the program. Or call in and participate at 647-3688. Funding for Community Partners for Better Health. On KCEP Power 88 is underwritten by the Southern Nevada Health District. And here is your host. Good morning, Las Vegas, and welcome to A Healthier Tomorrow. I'm your host, Will Rucker, and Happy New Year. This is going to be such an amazing year. You just wait and see. Things are going to absolutely blow your mind, and you are going to have the best year yet. And if you don't think that's the case, I disagree. All right, let's get into it. Welcome uh, this morning, Elisa. Good morning, and Happy New Year. Happy New Year. So glad to see you. Yes, since your fabulous Christmas party. Yes, indeed. You know I love Christmas, <laughs> but we got is Christmas is over now. <laughs> so I do want to start by honoring Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. He said, of all the forms of inequality, injustice in health is the most shocking and the most inhuman because it often results in physical death. What do you think about that, Elisa? Your health, if your health is not your wealth, it will end in physical death, right? So we promote that here and we promote uh, taking care of yourself and nutrition and balance in all things. Not saying that you can't enjoy the good things, the good foods, the good drinks and all those things, but it's all about balance, right? And it's taking things in stride. Absolutely. Absolutely. So thank you for sharing that. I do want to start with our sponsorship message. The Healthier Tomorrow program is brought to you by the Office of Chronic Disease Prevention and Health Promotion at the Southern Nevada Health District. Join us for the Because We Matter Tobacco-Free Living Summit on January 31st from 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. at the Pearson Community Center with a networking lunch to follow. This summit is dedicated to addressing the harmful impact of tobacco on the black community. Join us for crucial conversations led by community leaders on tobacco and mental health, social justice issues, tobacco flavoring, marketing impacts on black Americans, and much, much more. Registration is free by visiting www.becausewematterlv.org. And with that, we actually have the amazing planner of all things summit related, Mikhail Holmes from the Southern Nevada Health District to talk about this very important community event. Mikhail, welcome to the program. Thank you for having me again. I appreciate it. Yeah, glad you could be here. So let's dive right into it. What's the purpose of this summit? Well, the summit aims to address critical issues regarding tobacco use, particularly um, its impact on the African-American community. Um, like you said earlier, we're going to be talking about tobacco-related issues that really, really impact us um, as individual African-Americans and our community as a whole. Yeah. And again, just just so that we have it for folks that are like, okay, I got to be there. When is the event? Where is it? Tell us all the details. Yes. So this will be Wednesday, January 31st at the Pearson Center, uh, which is 1625 West Cary. Uh, We're kicking off Black History Month with this event because, again, we're going to be focusing on um, 
issues related to the African-American population. So um, the event starts at 9 o'clock a.m. Um, there will be coffee and uh, available during the registration time, which is around 8.30. So we ask that everyone um, that is coming to show up at least by 8.30 because at 9 o'clock, we're going to get rocking and rolling. The summit will go until 1 o'clock in the afternoon. And then from 1 to 2 p.m., we're going to have a networking se- uh, segment um, with some great exhibitors that um, have already put in to be part of the summit and a complimentary lunch provided by um, So Oh. Family Soul Cafe. Goodness, I just flipped my mind. So it's going to be provided by Family Soul Cafe and vegetarian options by Twice uh, Bake, Las Vegas. I love it. You say food, you got me. Oh, yes. The food <laughs> is going to be good. We're going to have fried chicken and some catfish and a little bit of yams. So wait a minute you know, now. We just got on. done talking about healthy food. I mean, you know, we're kicking <laughs> off Black History Month. We have to eat good. We have to eat our food. You're right. You're right. Yes, ma'am. But as you said, in moderation. In moderation. So that could be our our one day out of the week. Yes, there we go. (laughs) I love it. (laughs) All right, let me sound like a little infomercial here. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so Mikkel, talk about the lineup of speakers because you got some amazing folks coming, and they're going to talk about some topics you don't always hear about. So share a little more about that. Yes. So the lineup of speakers um, includes topics like mental health and tobacco, and um, when we look at mental health and tobacco, cigarette smoking is more common among adults with mental health issues than the general population. Matter of fact, people with mental health conditions, conditions uh, smoke at a rate that is about two times greater than people uh, that do not. So we want to sit down and have this conversation because, as we know, a lot of people um, may decide to use cigarettes as a stress reliever or a coping um for everyday life issues. So we want to try to give um, some other uh, options on on how to address those things. Uh, Ms. Yolan Burris of uh, Amplify, which is the um, African American Coordinator Center, she's going to get into this topic a little bit more about mental health and um, the African American uh, population and tobacco use. Okay. You know, uh, we also have Ms. Um, Dr. Valerie uh, Yerger out of um, University of California, San Francisco, who is also the founding member of the African American Tobacco Control Leadership Council. And she's going to be speaking about um, genetics and and nicotine addiction addiction excuse me um wait a minute i want to pause on that yes, one yes. so there's a genetic component that she's going to share so it's yes. different for for us yes that is correct so african-american people are more likely than any other racial and ethnic group to have um tobacco related health problems um we're more likely to die from smoking related diseases like our diabetes stroke and heart disease um compared to our hispanic brothers and sisters and um our white population See, I mean, you've got some really interesting topics. Keep going. Okay. Well, um, with that, we're also going to be talking about marketing and menthol uh, 
and flavored tobacco products. Uh, most African-American smokers start with menthol cigarettes and banning menthol nationwide can save a lot of lives, not just um, African-American lives, but lives across the board. Um, the, the tobacco industry uh, targets African-American communities with marketing and advertising, which um, significantly uh, influences um, people use. Uh, so the more they see these products, the more they feel comfortable at possibly using them. So we're going to talk about that with um, Lincoln Mundy, who is the creative of Black Lives, Black Lungs, a series that explores the origins and impact of the tobacco industry and how it shapes the black American um Experience and this has been featured on uh, by Trevor Noah. I, I don't know, yes, you know, if we I love Trevor Noah. yes, yes. So this was on his show. He talked about it, um, and so I. So Trevor just, Noah gonna be there? No, that would be great. Okay. But we're gonna have like something just as awesome. I'm sorry, Mikael, you're supposed to say yes so people come. Yes, Trevor. No. <laughs> <laughs> but Lincoln Mundy is gonna be, and he is. Oh my goodness, if you ever had a chance to watch his docker series, it's on YouTube. It is very, very impactful when we're talking about this subject. So I am just honored to be able to have him there. And then um, one of our last components is about cannabis and its relationship to tobacco. Um, and 2019, I believe, uh, a little over 48 million people um, stated that they use cannabis, making it the most commonly used um, federally illegal drug in the country. Yeah. So we need to kind of have this conversation because there's a um, misinformation about how cannabis affects the body and um, the health impl- implications of it. I mean, using cannabis and tobacco ca- together can lead with a, a dependency of one of the substance or both of them. I mean, matter of fact, three in ten people uh, who use cannabis will end up having a cannabis um, uh, use disorder. Um, and we're going to have uh, Mr. Will Rucker, our expert in public health, talking about this um, component of the summit. So um, that is, I guess, a little bit more, maybe more information that everybody needed, but I want you to know that the topics have been thought about um, very deeply and there are things that are, are not only just close to my heart but um, topics that I really feel like we need to put a microscope or put it under a microscope microscope and talk about it more absolutely and the, these topics are so important and they cover such a wide range it's just interesting and it's things that I don't think we think about on a daily basis yes. so I want to say thank you for putting this together and for caring about our community community and investing in us this way with not just these informational resources, but with your heart. Oh, thank you. And thank you, Las Vegas, because um, the Because We Matter initiative have been has been well received by Las Vegas. Um, the more I go out into the community and have these conversations, the more people that are committed to um, doing something about this. So that's wonderful to hear that our community is ready to stand up and, and really take back control over certain things that we haven't had in a very long time. Absolutely. And this summit is entirely free. It's open to the public. So I want to extend a personal invitation and encourage everyone 
especially those that are concerned about community health, to join us. So where can they register? Yes, um, registration is open. Please register. You can go to the website, which is www. Excuse me, um, www. Uh, because we matter lv.org you can go right there there's a event registration link and um, I hope to see everyone there yes so before we move on to our next guest I got a question yes what's your new year's resolution Ooh, um, <laughs> to address life with more grace Sometimes we are are rushing and we can be a little uh, brass with life and and a little hard on ourselves. So we have to remember to forgive ourselves and just to move through things a little slower and with a little bit more grace. So that's what I'm trying to do in 2024. I love it. Absolutely. The Healthier Tomorrow program is sponsored by the Office of Chronic Disease Prevention and Health Promotion at the Southern Nevada Health District. Learning how to manage your diabetes may seem overwhelming unless you know where to go for help. If you or someone you care about is living with diabetes or pre-diabetes, you can sign up for free diabetes self-management and education classes to be held on January 24th and 31st from 2 to 4 p.m. at the Southern Nevada Health District. Call 702-759-1270. Or visit www.gethealthyclarkcounty.org to register. All right. Live in studio with us is someone that I have an absolute respect and admiration for. Uh, but I want my co-host to introduce this this amazing individual. Well, thank you, Will. Hello, Jose. Good morning. We have with us the great Jose Melendres. <laughs> if you don't know Jose, then you you are not in the public health sector, maybe, and maybe you're just not in Las Vegas because he's all over the place. I walked into a room, I think it was last summer, um, that I was invited into for commissioners and um, talking about small businesses, and Jose was sitting on a panel. I was like, what are you doing here? <laughs> Jose Melendres, can you please introduce yourself? Yes, uh, Jose Melendres, thank you, Will and Alyssa, for having me here today. I'm with the uh, UNLV School of Public Health. Uh, I also serve as the um, in an interim role right now for UNLV as the Chief Diversity Officer uh, for our campus, and um, been with um, my biggest part in the School of Public Health has always been uh, working in community engagement and outreach with those communities. And uh, as you all know, because you're both a part of it, and thank God you are, uh, our work with, through the Nevada Minority Health and Equity Coalition, which has been a partner partner of UNLV since day one. I think we're now in our 11th year. Uh, the last five years we've been housed at the School of Public Health. Uh, and it's been uh, just a lot of good work and opportunities to serve our community with support of UNLV, support of our Dean, Sean Gerstenberger, um, to address health equity as it, as it impacts all of our communities here in, in Nevada. Wow, 11 years. Uh, I remember when Will and I were sitting in the first, one of the first meetings. It does not seem like 11 years. That's amazing. I, I keep seeing it. You know, we keep moving forward, uh, uh, you know, with the, the health equity, as, as we all know, came to the forefront during the pandemic. And I guess it was a, an issue of us, a lot of great people uh, in our communities uh, from a very diverse group, as you all know. We're in the right place at the right time, and we were, you know, we were given the opportunity to really step in 
and uh, address some of those equity issues that we knew were coming forward during the pandemic and in other areas. And, you know, these were not new issues, right? The racism and discrimination and, and access to quality health care and being able to afford health care. All those things were issues way before the pandemic. Absolutely. Um, but the pandemic just shone a light on it. And we were, you know, we were blessed that we had a lot of really good people uh, from the African-American community, the Latino community, Asian Pacific Islander community, Native American community, our LGBTQ community that were in service with us. And we were able to address some of those issues. Yes, we were actually we were doing things preventive, right? Yes. Um, which I love, love, love is prevention. Um, I think that is the key to health. And we don't get funded a lot here for prevention in Nevada. So the fact that we were able to do that work prior to the pandemic and have that in place um, was really innovative of everyone, especially you all at the Nevada Minority Health and Equity Coalition. Can you tell us what the coalition is and what it stands for? Sure. So um, exactly what the name is. We we were created uh, in in a response to understanding that health, health equity is unfortunately still very much alive and a lot of different issues that come forward around health equity. And again, whether it's racism, discrimination, access to services, uh, language barriers, um, health insurance, uh, you know, all these different things that come forward or maybe more critical is as things are being developed as policies and work is being done having that diverse voice at the table is is a critical part of of some of the work that we do uh the connection to the university the connection to UNLV the school of public health um and now because I carry some of this work with my role as chief diversity officer at UNLV uh which I need to say I have a great staff to support me in that area so thank you to them um but it 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 gives us a place to have that voice that i think is probably the most critical thing and i know all of you because i i call you all the time and hey i need can you get involved with this work or that work um you know i i love the work that will's been doing with compassion in las vegas because it's kind of for me it's kind of become part of my personal philosophy of how we can approach some very difficult conversations you know and so having that voice at the table having the right people at the table making sure that there's a diverse voice represented has been a critical part of our work. The connection to UNLV has elevated the work that we do in terms of how we track the data, how we develop the research that and the reports that we produce, the information that gets put out to our community. Uh, we've done a lot of work, not only in response to the pandemic, um, but now we're doing work on workforce engagement in regards to the diversity of the workforce coming into public health. Um, we received a lot of funding to help with the vaccine equity program and and when the vaccine came out and how we were able to be a part of that and making sure that it was being distributed to especially in the zip codes where we know there was the most need uh, making sure that everybody had access to it so we were a part of that work um, and we continue to be a, I guess a major part of what we do right now is just continuing to raise awareness and educating through our through our um, through our uh, virtual programs, our Zoom meetings, uh, conversations, our, our quarterly meetings with all of our membership uh, to make sure that we're putting those issues that are still impactful on the front line and that everybody understands what it is and how they can work through the different things right now, make sure everybody's um, with health insurance and Medicaid and the whole process of people having to go back to re-signing themselves up and not waiting for somebody happening automatic. Uh, so a lot of people we've worked with to make sure that they understand that process now and that they have to start getting their information out there and registering and getting themselves back on that process. So just a lot of, of advocacy and uh, continue to uh, educate and raise awareness with the communities who are most at risk when it comes to health equity. 
Yeah, I love that you talk about the advocacy and particularly the education piece because the coalition has so many amazing webinars that uh, include community voices as well as quote-unquote experts and whatnot. Uh, but let's talk a little bit just for our audience today about the difference between equity and equality. Um, equality is the ideal, you know, what we would like to achieve this is the way my definition of what we would like to achieve in the perfect world, right? Equity is the work of making sure that we're getting there. And, and so that becomes, that for me becomes the challenge because, um, you know, when I look around again, when we look at what happened during the pandemic, um, at any point during the two, three years of the pandemic, when it was at its core, people were dying. Uh, you could take, it was either the African American, Latino, Filipino community, uh, or Native American community. And, and between those four groups, it, it kind of went back and forth as to who was at the top of the list for getting sick and dying uh, at any point. And, and so the equity becomes, for me, becomes that critical part of that. Are we truly being represented with the policymakers and the people who are making the decisions about who gets service, who gets the va- vaccine, uh, how do they have access to all those things? Are there um, are the resources in place for the communities to be able to be able to have those things that they need to survive? You know, whether it was how to keep yourself healthy, how to um, just keep yourself safe in terms of washing your hands, social distancing, all the things that we learned about, um, making sure that the information was getting in there with our one community campaign that we did. That for me is the core part of when you really create a, a situation that equity is truly happening for everybody. Uh, and, and that becomes the core of it. And, and so um, for me, that's how I, I break that down and, and how we look at the work that we do. Uh, and again, you know, it's, it's been a big push because we've had a lot of community support. Uh, well, at least I know that both of you have been on multiple webinars and different content experts and different things that we've worked at. I know you all, both of you serve on different community, uh, different community, uh, um, group work groups that we have through the coalition. Uh, and, and, and again, you know, and, and we've been very fortunate when it comes to addressing health equity that people are willing to serve. You know, we, we, we're, we're, we have some, because of our connection to the School of Public Health, obviously we now have staff that help support a lot of the work that we do, but majority of the work is done by volunteers. You know, and when we, our first, our first six years, it was all volunteer based. Everybody was volunteering and giving a lot of time, you know, with the impact summits. We have this year's another, another year for the impact summit where we highlight everything that we've learned. We highlight the networking of folks who come together. Uh, we highlight the work of, of what is really health equity as it relates to different communities that we represent or that we have the privilege of working with. And so, so all of those components become critical. And, and again, for me, it's where I go with, with understanding what equity means to me and how, how I apply that in our professional work that we do for, for the coalition. And my community health worker students had a great time at that impact summit. That was their first time. So anyone that does not know what a community health worker is, it's a regular everyday person that has life experience just in different areas of life. And they take a class called community health worker training and they learn how to take those everyday life skills and turn them into public health frontline public health skills and use them throughout the community and they were such a big help during the pandemic well you, you know community health worker i think it's really that's an underserved 
resource that we Absolutely. have and how we utilize folks who are trained in those areas. Absolutely. Uh, because that gets to the core of what Will's question about, you know, what, how do you really break down equity? That gets to the core of it because when you put somebody like that who's from the community, who yep. knows the community, who, who the has language. the relationships, mm-hmm. speaks the language, understands how, how those communities are going to react or respond or something, that's a core part of, of, of when you start talking about real equity work that you're putting you know, we are partners. I, I don't like to take the, well, we do the train all this. And so we empower people. Right. People empower themselves. Right. We, we just help bring, a, we bring resources to the table. Uh, I always say, you know, let's roll up our sleeves. Let's go to work together and do the things that we got to do. And that's for me is a core part. I had the uh, opportunity when I was doing my graduate work at the University of Michigan, uh, working in Detroit, uh, got to work firsthand and at one point was managing a whole team of community health workers from the African American community and the Latino community, Spanish speaking community. And they were phenomenal. All these ladies, there were 16 ladies that were just phenomenal, uh, doing what they were doing. And so I've, I've got a special place in my heart for community health workers. And I think here in Nevada, they're underutilized and they can become such a core, no matter what the work is, anything related to health equity for me, there's a place there for community health workers to have a role and to provide leadership and to help engage in the community. And for me, so for me, I think that's an underutilized resource that we have here in our community. And we're great. I'm grateful yeah. that we have folks like you who take, who make the time every day to help make sure that they're represented, that they're being trained and that we're Absolutely. doing the best we can with community health workers. So Absolutely. I'm glad you brought that forward. <laughs> yeah. And I want to say thank you for what you said a moment ago, that people empower themselves because so often we hear, Oh, we're going to empower the community. Well, who made you the magic wand holder? Like right. people empower themselves when we provide opportunity where we're not disempowering them. So I'm just really grateful you shared that. And I want to ask really quick because we are coming to the end of our time together. But the word minority kind of has been coming under fire a little bit um, from the empowerment mindset right. because sometimes people look at it as a put down. Oh, you're just a minority. But could you talk about how broad a term that really is? Well, I, I think, you know, it's huge that we understand. Uh, yes, there's in the world of diversity work. Um, it's it's I guess for me, it's you know, it's in in, in the approach of how you make a word and you take control of that word and you you define yourself and so minority some groups look at minority as yes it's a it's it's a, it's it's not a good way to describe a group of folks but i wish we were in the perfect world we wouldn't need to be talking about health equity exactly. we we wouldn't be need to be talking about how people of color are impacted in different ways right because everything would be fair and and we're not quite there yet so i i I like to think that we by having the word minority we kind of take ownership of that it it is representative of the different folks that we try to work work for and work with uh and that we put you know we put the best life forward that we can on that and we fail to realize most of the time that the word minority we've only grouped it to race it also means women it also means children it also means the disabled, right? Right. And so when we say minority, we need to look at it as a holistic word and help others to understand what that word means when they're coming under fire. Well, you know, and I want to, I just want to say, because I, I, anytime we talk about the history and the foundation of, of the of the Nevada Minority Health and Equity Coalition, you know, I, I have to always give um, remembering uh, Assemblyman Tyrone Thompson. And for his work, because when we were getting started, he championed us. He yeah. championed us at the state legislature. Absolutely. Uh, helped us get resources. And so he was a core part of, a core part of who we are today. So I always want to remember that he, he had a big impact. 
All Absolutely. right. Well, thank you. I'm going to call you Reverend Jose because you <laughs> preached this morning. So, at least you got an announcement for us. Yes. Um, speaking of equity and speaking of minorities, we are having the fourth annual uh, ne- uh, National Black HIV AIDS Awareness Day. It's a mouthful. Uh, but it, that is representing the African-American community and our fight against HIV. That will be at Nevada Partners February 1st. That is with Silver State Equality. Andre Wade is the lead of that and myself, Lisa Howard, um, as minority health consultants. And so that will be uh, February 1st from 6 p.m. to 730. You can register on Silver State Equality's website. This has been A Healthier Tomorrow. I'm your host, Will Rucker. I'm Annalisa Howard. (laughs) And as we always remind you, you are not just a drop in the ocean. You are the entire ocean in a drop. And what you do matters. So live compassionately and make 2024 your healthiest year yet. We'll see you again real soon.